This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. After almost 10 years of military activity against terrorists in the Sahel region of Africa, France is ending the mission. And Dr. Hans Jacob Schindler, Senior Director at the Counter-Extremism Project, says this is not a good thing. It cannot do without military components. I'm sorry, you know, this is still unnecessary, as bad as it is and as sad as it is and as, you know, short term as these measures are when you just do militarily, but not militarily is also not an option. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On the 9th of November, French President Emmanuel Macron announced that the French military was leaving the counterterrorism mission in the Sahel that it had been at work on for quite a while. We spoke with Dr. Hans Jacob Schindler. He's director senior director of the Counter-Extremism Project, we spoke with him that very day about what had taken place. Thank you so much for having me, JJ. Always a pleasure. Um, look, the speech happened this afternoon, French time, so a couple of hours ago, uh, at a big naval base, French naval base in Toulon, uh, on board a, a helicopter carrier. So, you know, big theater in, in French policy terms. Um, where he laid out a new national security strategy. And of course, one of the core announcements of this new strategy was that uh, Operation Operation Bahane, the operation that has been going on since really essentially 2013, when it was still called Seval in West Africa and Sahel, is now definitely over. It's not going to be replaced yet with something very concrete. But uh, Macron announced that he is going to, and he is in conversation with his African partners to reorient the security strategy with a heavier emphasis on African contributions. So rather, a lot of French groups, more uh, African groups, and a much lighter footprint for France in the region from now on. So what do you think the impact of this will have on the terror problem in, in the Sahel and beyond into West Africa and other other regions of the world beyond uh, the Sahel? Yeah, I mean, look, this is a significant step. Not only has France been there for quite a while, since 2013, it was also really the linchpin for a lot of other uh, international operations. So a lot of the European Union training missions were somehow connected to, attached with, reinforced by the French troops that were on the ground. Now, France really, since last year, 2021, had been in a very difficult position as far as Bakhani is concerned, because the center of the operation was Mali. And as we had discussed uh, a couple of times before, 
there were two military coups in, in uh, Mali, each coup government being more anti-French than the previous coup government, which meant really the French forces had to leave Mali before they were essentially would have been thrown out, replaced tragically by the Wagner coup from Russia. Now, this means overall less cap capabilities in counterterrorism operations in West Africa, a zone which, as we have discussed previously in several other discussions, is really deteriorating on every single level imaginable. Security-wise, terrorism spread by Al-Qaeda and ISIL, economic deterioration, migrant pressures are getting really high, governance, both in Mali, in Burkina Faso, in Nigeria, is getting ever increasingly more difficult, which means more breathing room for the terrorists. So overall, really not a good news today that it's now essentially finally over. The only small, I would say, reconciliation price is that at least 3,000 French troops are going to remain for the time being in Chad, Niger, and Burkina Faso. So at least there's some French capabilities, but nowhere near where they used to be. And what message does this send to uh, extremists? Well, depends on how you look at it. Obviously, it's couched in very careful policy language and you know, pleads for further cooperation with African uh, uh, partners of France in the region. But it's a little bit giving me a feeling like I had in August 2021 <laughs> yeah. in Afghanistan that there really is, we, we are no longer, as the West, willing to sustain important military operations. And, you know, as much as other stabilization, economic aid, um, de-radicalization measures are crucial for counterterrorism. Counterterrorism, especially when you have large-scale organized adversaries with lots of money and lots of weapons, as you have in Afghanistan, as you have in West Africa and the Sahel zone, or pretty much in the northern half of Africa, in many regions now, it cannot do without military components. I'm sorry, you know, this is still unnecessary, as bad as it is and as sad as it is and as you know, short term as these measures are when you just do militarily, but not militarily is also not an option. So not having this as much as you could have is, of course, a long term problem. The United States and Western countries, should they be watching this carefully? Absolutely. I mean, the United States has the add on benefit that you are quite far away from uh, Africa uh, and West Africa. Europe, this is our immediate neighborhood. So between this zone of what I call now the entire uh, um, belt of instability from the west to the East African coast, where you start with uh, Jinim, the ISIL coalition, then comes uh, Islamic State Greater Sahara, then Islamic State Western, Western Africa, then comes the Islamic State Central African province. And on the other coast, you have the coordinating element of ISIL in the region in the Puntland in Somalia and the rest of Somalia governed by Al-Shabaab, the largest in size and really possibly even the richest uh, Al-Qaeda affiliate around the globe. Again, there too, international troop Amazon, which was stabilizing Somalia for quite a while, is now transitioning into the African Union transitionary force with transition in bold letters underlined in blinking, meaning they leaving too in the next couple of uh, year and a half. Um, uh, this is really looking quite difficult for Europe because if you do have migrant pressure, it's not towards the south, it's towards the north. If you have migrant communities that have connections back home, it is primarily in Western Europe. And we know 
both Al-Qaeda as well as ISIL in the past have taken advantage to radicalize migrants in our countries. And any operational area where they are not under sustained pressure, including military pressure, is giving them more the ability to do exactly that. We in the West, and it's probably evident by the sometimes naive questions that I ask you when we talk, as you said, are pretty far removed from this. But these folks uh, in the area, in other African countries, have th- this is their neighborhood. This is, you know, this is right there. They're right there, front and center. Um, are other countries in Africa expressing any concern about this move, or are they welcoming it? Just what kind of response have you been able to detect so far from uh, from broader Africa on this? Yeah, I, I was just in West Africa a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, many governments in the region are very concerned. Uh, it really is a question of a couple of really destabilizing countries. Not that they have destabilized others, but they internally destabilize. So Burkina Faso has a problem controlling its own territory. Nigeria has a long-term problem controlling, it, controlling its north. So does Mali. All of this then, of course, bleeds out into neighboring countries. Senegal, Chad, Niger, who don't necessarily have a large terrorist basis within their country. But since there is cross-border traffic and the ability of terrorists to cross borders has never been really a problem for them in any region in the world, um, this is a real big problem. There are some regional structures, ECOWAS, there's a G5 Sahel force, which was supposed to be um, a counterterrorism regional cooperation. Unfortunately, the coup government in Mali already withdrew. Burkina Faso, again, two military coups in short order in the last couple of months, also thinks about withdrawing. So the G5 is now the G4 and maybe the G3 later. So it is not going well on, on really any front you would have. And this is creating a problem for every country in the region, not just those where you have centers of jihadi activity. Last thing. At the end of the day, your organization, which keeps an eye on all of this, and you do a magnificent job, what are you suggesting or what are you thinking or what are you sharing with any of these countries or organizations, security organizations in any of these countries that ask for your thoughts? What are you saying to them? Well, first point always is um, other people's problems will not remain other people's problems. They will become our problems very soon if you're not careful. So just because... Mali or uh, Chad or Nigeria, maybe uh, far away from Europe and even further away from the United States, we should not delude ourselves that um, this problem will not come home to haunt us. It always has in the past, when we left the GRD area unattended, we paid a very high price. I mean, in attacks in our home countries, eventually, it was just a matter of time. Secondly, this region wants and needs help. We just need to make sure that we give the help in a way that it is put to the best use. So we need to make sure we have a common strategy. And this is what my organization at the moment is working on on a large scale pro- pro- uh, project in the next year for a new West, uh, West Africa and Sahel strategy as far as terrorism is concerned. The third one is if we leave, others will not just leave, uh, let us see leave and not push in. So. The, the French left in Mali, Wagner arrived. The French reduced in Burkina Faso significantly, Wagner arrived. So we do have now geopolitical rivals 
with a very different outlook on how the region should be organized, be it on the one hand Russia or on the other hand China, that will fill the vacuum that we leave when we leave. You know, last thing, I'll just say this. I did notice that President Biden has been talking about a visit to North Africa. Uh, and I think this is going to be his first trip uh, as president. But um, that, that I think, may be a hint that at least this administration is looking at that vacuum a little bit more seriously, especially since what's taken place in this Ukraine war, where Africa has been, uh, well, whether people know it or not, has been a key force in the activities because of the Wagner group. But uh, I think at least um, it seems as though the U.S. is perhaps looking at this, uh, this vacuum you talk about and maybe trying to figure out, should the U.S. go back and fill it, you know? Exactly, yes. I mean, I get the feeling as well that the U.S. administration is concerned. But as a European, I have to say, Europe too has a responsibility here, even a more direct responsibility than the United States. We cannot always just hope that eventually the U.S. administration of this or that persuasion will eventually also see it as their own problem and solves our problems for us. That's why this operation by the French forces, although, of course, not politically unproblematic because French forces returned to the countries that used to be French colonies a generation ago, right, that it has its own political problems uh, uh, connected with that, but at least it was an attempt to solve a problem that is clearly and was growing since 2013-14 by ourselves. Unfortunately, the same political machineros started to affect the uh, French government that affected in the end the US government with Afghanistan. If you declare this a counterterrorism operation, um, but you actually are there to do a stabilization operation, you run out of political capital sooner or later because a counterterrorism operation is a short-term, winnable you know, reduction of the worst of the symptoms. And then you usually leave because you've fulfilled your operation. A stabilization operation is something at the beginning more difficult to sell to your voters because it means you're there for a very, very long time. And uh, but later on, you do have then the political capital because you were upfront of what you're going to do um, in the end. And in both cases, Afghanistan and West Africa, it's so been sold differently. And therefore, in the end, it became a problem. Well, Hans Jacob Schindler, doctor, thank you so much for your time and your insight. It's excellent as always. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode. The way this war ends will de define the future as we will know it. Christian Prick, ambassador from Estonia to the United States with a stark warning. And not just uh, the future of, uh, of people in uh, Ukraine. He says the outcome will impact the entire region and not just that, the rest of the world as well. And this, he says, is the most important thing of all. That we stick together and that we also acknowledge the opportunities if we get this thing right. Getting it right will take time, a lot of money, and as already has been demonstrated, it will take lives in Ukraine. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa, jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please 
Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. For nine years, a man terrorized women across the D.C. region. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series, available October 4th on all podcast platforms.